Welcome to the Cornerstone Corner, our weekly message podcast. At Cornerstone, we are enthusiastic about all ages, having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open the Bible and hear God's Word for us today. To get us started this morning, I'm going to do something a little bit unique. Okay, uh, what I'm going to do, don't bring it up yet, Ella, I'll tell you when. Okay, but I'm going to bring up a few pictures up on the screen this morning to give you a glimpse into your staff here at Cornerstone. Okay, you are going to get to know something about the staff that very, very few people actually know. Okay, so you're going to be on the inside track this morning. Yeah, I did have permission from them to share this this morning, okay? Um, so what's going to happen is I'm going to bring up some, some pictures on the screen of their kitchen tables. Okay, go ahead and bring that up. Okay, so this is like inside of their homes. You get to peek into the staff's homes this morning, okay? And what I want you to do is I want you to decide which table goes with what staff, Okay, so you got to look at those pictures. Look at all those pictures. So you got Leah and I, you got uh, Ryan and, and Sarah, uh, and you got uh, Zach and Kara. By the way, that Kara Sarah thing is a little hard, by the way, just so you know. Okay, you got uh, then Zach and Kara. You got uh, Hannah King, okay, and uh, Bob and Connie Johnson, okay, right? Okay. Okay, so pick them in your mind, pick which and whose, okay, because then I'm going to reveal them in just a second, okay? So you got it? You got to make sure you got Leah and I, you got Bob and Connie. Hannah King, I love how y'all are pointing at the screen. That's, I love it. I love it. All right. Okay. All right. Ryan and, and, and Sarah. Okay. Okay. Y'all ready? You got them? You got them? Okay. Number one, this is Ryan and Sarah's. Okay. When I saw the picture, I was like, man, y'all fancy, right? Y'all fancy. Okay, next one, this is Leah and I. Some of you have actually probably been to our house. Okay, next one, that's Bob and Connie's. Okay, now some of you guys are getting real, you got into this thing, right? Okay, next one, Hannah's. Okay, uh, Hannah was so, it was interesting as I asked Hannah for this picture, you guys, I, because she's got a small apartment and she's like, I have, I like to sit at my counter. And so she gave me a picture of like the four mica on her. <laughs> It's like, no, I need a little bit more than that. All right. And then last but not least, this is uh, Zach and Kara's right here. And I also looked at that and was like, man, y'all fancy, right? This is a fancy table. All right. So how many of you got all of them? Okay. How many of you got like four of them? Okay. How many didn't get any? Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. A couple of you guys. Okay. All right. Well, great job with that. Uh, I start with that this morning. Um, uh, you know, it was to help you get to know the staff a little bit because it is kind of fun, by the way. If you haven't been to my house, you're welcome to come to my house. You can sit at my kitchen table. My father-in-law actually uh, did the tabletop for that uh, in our house. But um, so it wasn't necessarily to like totally get you into the staff's uh, lives, maybe a little bit, but it's actually because of what was in the picture. It, we're going to talk today uh, about a table. That's why I actually have a table up here on stage with me today. Um, the scripture we're going to look at today, and we're going to dive into today, actually directly mentions a table, um, and uh, what we'll see has really significance for us uh, in our discussion today. Um, and so I begin with that just because, again, of what was in the pictures, all the kitchen tables, those kind of things. But if you've been around the last few weeks, you know that we are in a series called Rohi, Knowing the God Who Cares, in which we are diving deep into the shepherd psalm, Psalm 23, to learn, grasp, and understand more about God, our 
quote unquote, good shepherd, okay, Jehovah Rohi. Uh, and we're going a couple verses at a time, uh, really like really picking apart this particular psalm um, so that ultimately we might be able to get to the place where we can let Jehovah Rohi, the shepherd, the God who actually cares for us, do just that, care for us better in our lives, no matter what's going on in our lives. And this week, we're going to be focusing on verse five, where David, again, the writer of this, this particular song, where David um, talks about a table and something that God does with the table. Uh, again, that truly has significance in our lives. Well, actually, if I can say it this way, can have significance in our lives if we let God have that significance in our life. Take this to heart. And so we're going to read again today, Psalm 23. And we've been doing this the last couple weeks. We're going to read it out loud together. I think it's been pretty pretty cool to actually out loud in unison uh, with the body of Christ reading scripture together. And so let's do this again this week. We're going to read Psalm 23 out loud. Ready? One, two, three. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love that. I love, by the way, uh, we might do that more often around here. I love the fact that we're just reading scripture out loud together. So great job with that. Um, And as I already mentioned, we're going to be in verse 5. Again, just to kind of highlight that, it'll come up on the screen. Verse 5 says, you prepare a table. There it is. That's the table reference, right? That's why I have a table up here. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup over flows. And and if you've been following this over the last couple of weeks, or even as we just read that there, let's kind of a sudden shift, transition from kind of the flock and the shepherdness that we've been talking about the last few weeks, uh, to then turning to this kind of idea of a banquet, right? And so I got to let you know, so this actually is is pretty uh, typical in Hebrew poetry, uh, this whole idea of uh, really significant shifts from one thing to the other. And so uh, as we know that uh, David in this biblical time of writing this, it kind of makes sense that he's going to shift from one thing to the other. It's kind of character of the poetry at the time. So it makes sense that he would say, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You know what my head with oil, my cup overflows. And, and it's interesting because it's one verse, but there's quite a bit in this one verse that I'm really excited to share with you this morning um, and come to the conclusion, conclusion, or at least that's my hope, to come to the conclusion that God is, and this is our title this morning, that God is the shepherd who keeps me focused who keeps us focused, or at least he can be the God, the, the shepherd, the, the Lord Jehovah, uh, that will keep us focused. Um, and hopefully that'll make more sense as we go through uh, verse five today. And what I want to do is I actually want to do is I want to pull two, I think, significant points out of this one verse uh, to that end. Okay. But before I do, I would ask that you would pray with me so that we can uh, just ask God to kind of join us in this time, though he is already even more. All right. So let's uh, pray together. So God, we thank you just for an opportunity to be in your presence this morning. God, we know the scripture says that where two or more gather, you are here. So we know that you are here. We acknowledge your presence this morning. And God, as we now look deeper again into the Psalm 23, specifically this verse five, God, we pray 
that, that you would do something supernatural in us, among us, uh, as you are with us. So that ultimately, as Ashley even prayed, that we would be different when we leave here. I was praying that on my way in this morning. Just the reality, God, we, don't, we really want to see you do something in us. God, teach us something, show us something, encourage us, maybe challenge us, do something in us. Because if, if you don't show up, gosh, it'd be a waste of time for us to be here. But if you show up and you have to do something, this would be well worth our time, especially in this particular topic that we're going to cover today. So we just honor you with this time and we give it to you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so we have two points today from Psalm 23, verse 5, this idea of God being the shepherd who can keep us focused. Uh, essentially, if I can say this, you're truly living a Psalm 23 life. And so if you're uh, following along, writing notes, you can write this first point down. A Psalm 23 life plays out when we relentlessly concentrate on the head of the table. You can write that down. When we relentlessly concentrate on the head of the table. Okay, so we're going to spend most of our time here this morning, okay? I want to focus here, all right? And this is the first part of verse five. You probably, again, we already, I kind of highlighted it again, but verse five again says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And so uh, there, there's actually one way we're going to kind of, I'm going to talk about the one way I think we can look at this verse, and then I think I'm going to, I'm going to talk about what I think is probably a better way to look at it, okay? So one way of looking at this verse um, and I actually think this is probably how I've mostly read this in my life as I've been studying the Bible, things like that. Uh, and by the way, I do think it's correct. I think that this is a correct way of thinking about it. Um, is that we can take this verse to mean that God, in his uh, amazingness and all that he is, right, furnishes his people with plenty and a variety of provisions. They, if you can say it this way, they feast upon the provisions of his love. And that Satan and wicked men are not able to destroy it, can't even touch it. And so really the idea of having a feast or, or a table at all and, and how good that is. And, and, and maybe if you can imagine it this way, it'd be like, it'd be like um, if you can imagine a mountaintop. And, like, and so on this mountaintop, you know, you got, you got the big banquet table. And, and like you think about your best Thanksgiving spread, you know, or you think about what actually showed up in uh, Hook. If you remember that movie after he actually really saw the food on the table, right? Like this is massive amount of table. There's all this stuff going on. There's one mountain out here. And over here, in view of this amazingness, is the baffled foe. And they're looking down upon this feast, and, and, and they're in harmless spite, seeing and envying and fretting over everything that they're seeing that is good for this person, but they literally can do nothing about it. And so we can see the, this verse as, as this, and that's, again, a way I've literally tried to see this verse often in my life. And, and I think about examples of scripture like David, again, the writer of this psalm, and and what Pastor Ryan actually talked quite a bit about last week in, in regards to Saul being David's enemy. Right? If you were here last week, by the way, if you weren't here last week, check out the message. Ryan uh, did an incredible job last week going through the first co last couple of uh, verses we were uh, going through in Psalm 23. But I was thinking about how David and, and uh, Saul was David's enemy, all right? Frustrated time and time again uh, in First and Second Samuel. This is where you can find these uh, stories, by the way, and read them on your own time this, this week. But, but time and time again, frustrated by all the good stuff that David was experiencing, all the amazing things, and despite his best efforts to do anything about it, everything would fail for Saul. Again, read it on your own time. And, and when you do, you'll, you'll see that this part of Psalm 23 rang true for David over and over and over and over. The Lord's favor was on David. And though Saul, I would say it this way, though Saul mostly focused on David. I mean, I think he was so literally just focused on it. Couldn't even think of anything else. David wasn't really focused on Saul at all. 
I was thinking about it like, so maybe like uh, the Lord would say, hey, Saul's coming. Hey, go here, do this, go to this cave. Those, and so maybe, maybe David for a few minutes was like escaping the, the, the grips of Saul. But the reality is, is that, that David didn't really, uh, really focus that much on Saul. If I could say it this way, like he was uh, time and time again, David was the one at the banquet spread. And, and inside of Saul, his baffled foe, right? And, and he looked on and fret because there's nothing he could do about it. And so I do think that we can see this particular part of Psalm 23, verse 5. That way, it's like, okay, there's, there's all this good stuff. The baffled foe is looking on, can't do anything. God protects us uh, and prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And then I think about scriptures like Exodus 23, 22. It says, I will be an enemy to your enemies and will oppose those who oppose you. Psalm 138, 7, you stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. And so I think that we can take this verse this way and be grateful. By the way, I think it's, we should. We should be grateful that the Lord can protect us from our enemies. But, when we, um, but if, you, if you were here uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about the value in uh, the first couple verses of Psalm 23 about how the fact that the Lord has our back. We talked about that at length our very first week. And so I think another way to look at this part of verse five, and I actually think this is a better way to look at it. And, and I get from the fact that David uses the word, he uses a specific word in this verse. It says, again, just to come up on the screen, you prepare a table before me in the what? In the, say it out loud, presence in the presence of mine enemies, okay? In the presence of mine enemies. Along with the fact that then if you combine that with what we read in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, with some of you know this verse, it says that for our struggle is what? Not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so I think another way and maybe a better way to look at this verse, since this verse specifically says that the, that the table is set up in the presence of our enemies and the fact that most of us won't experience an enemy like David with Saul, who's trying to kill him. And the fact that ultimately, yeah, we might have a few arguments here or there with people or disagreements. We're not going to have somebody trying to kill us. And the fact that ultimately a human to human struggle is not our true struggle. I think that the enemies here in this particular verse of scripture can take on a different meaning other than human beings. Again, just to remind us again, it's going to come up, but you can leave this on the screen for a while. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And so I'm going to use the table behind me this morning. Try to illustrate this. Okay. Um, so if the, if, the, if the scripture says that, that, a table set before us in the presence of our enemies. Uh, the first of all, that, that, that this is God's table, right? We got to know that this is God's table, which means he's at the head of the table, okay? And that's going to come into play in just a minute, okay? And so the table set before us by God in the presence of our enemies. And so I think that what that indicates to me as I was studying this week is that if, they, if this is set up in the presence of our enemies, not human enemies, because again, just, I'll just be really real. I think sometimes we can default to the human enemies, but rarely, folks, do we ever sit at the table with our enemies. Don't we mostly avoid those people, right? So, so the reality is, right, um, is that uh, if, if this is in the presence of our enemies and God sets the table before us in the presence of our enemies, I, I think that what this says to me is that our enemies are here. And so remember that it was either the mountaintop over here and then the FO was over here looking down. But what I think this, and again, I think this is a better way of viewing this is that, no, no, we are in the presence of God and in the presence of our enemies, he sets the table before us. And so 
if the enemies are there at the table, you, God, set the table in the presence, and each chair is going to represent something today, that you, God, set the table before me in the presence of my insecurity. And not just my insecurity, but my guess is some of your insecurity. Or the Lord will set the table in the presence of our deficits, the things that we're not good at, my deficits. Maybe, maybe uh, the Lord sets the table in the presence of an addiction. Or maybe the Lord sets the table in the presence of confusion. Maybe we don't even understand some of the spiritual stuff. Maybe we don't understand what's going on in our life, but the Lord sets the table in the presence of our confusion. Or, or maybe, maybe the Lord sets the table in the presence of what we've lost. What I've lost. Actually, this week I was mourning some things that I've lost. Or maybe the Lord sets the table in the threat of that we won't make it. That you won't make it, that you won't have a good marriage, that you won't, that you won't actually make it in, in being successful. Or maybe the Lord sets the table in the presence of depression or, or anxiety, which, by the way, is at its height in our culture. Or maybe the Lord sets the table in the presence of our fear. My fear, your fear. You see, as I read this this week and I was thinking through this, this reality of I'm sitting in a seat, the, the beauty is, gosh, it's so good that I have a seat at the table. I'm so grateful that I have a seat at the table. And I'm so glad that God is at, at the head of the table. But I think about, here, here's my guess in the room, folks, is as I just walked around this table a couple of times and I talked about these, these enemies that are sitting in these seats, some of you have these today. You're dealing with these today. It, my, my guess is, is that probably this week you have or you will this week. And, and so if we're in the presence of our enemies, what do we do with that? Because they're here. Can I tell you that I, here's what we, and here's what I want to focus on today, folks, is here's the key is that we got to look straight ahead. We've got to look at the head of the table to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And sure, these guys are right here, but we can tune them out and we can look ahead to the king. By the way, he's in charge of the banquet. These guys ain't charge. He's in charge of the banquet. And as I think about that, I relentlessly concentrate, and I use that word purposely this morning, relentlessly concentrating here at the head of the table, focused, straight ahead. What would it look like to put our elbows on the table and just lean forward towards the king? And here's my hope for this illustration this morning, is I hope that it's a vivid illustration. That's why I, by the way, you know, took my table from my house and brought it in this morning. I hope this is significant for you. And we're going to take some time to pray about this at the end of our service today, folks, because here, here's, here's what I think. I, here's what I know. I was thinking about it like, um, like you've ever gone out to eat with like a bunch of people, like say like 12, 15 people. And you know, like if you go out to, uh, to dinner with that many people, like, and, and uh, you, you end up, what, what ends up happening when you're at, like this long table, right? It's really hard to actually know what the people at the other end of the table are talking about, right? And so what do you do? You end up talking with just a couple people right next to you, don't you, right? 
And as I thought about that this week, and I thought about the fact that the goal is to be relentlessly focused on the head of the table. If this table was longer, the reality is some of you, as I went around, I did eight things. Maybe you have 10. Maybe you're dealing with 12. The reality is this table is going to get long. And it's going to get really hard to focus on the king, isn't it? Right? And here's what I think what we do in this life, I think sometimes what we do, and when we're out to eat, it's fine. We settle with this conversation. It's fine. We can have this conversation. But when we're talking about this with our life, folks, it is not okay for us to settle in our fear. It's not okay to settle in our insecurities and our deficits. By the way, fear, God did not give us a spirit of fear. Right? And I think sometimes we settle for our insecurities, depression, anxiety. We settle there. We focus there. And constantly be in that side conversation rather than really zeroing in on the one, the guy, the head of the table, the king of kings, the one. By the way, it's the conversation we want to be in. And yet we focus on anxiety and our deficits and, and, and our, our, what we've lost. And, and, and maybe um, fill in your blank. Y'all catching this this morning? I'm not the only one who does this, right? We do this, don't we? And I'm not saying today, because by the way, like, I know that, it, like, some of you know that uh, when I'm at, a, I'm at a long table, I'm going to talk to everybody, all right? So, <laughs> I know it's shocking for you, right? I think sometimes, folks, in a, in a real, like, life situation, it's okay to talk with somebody like this, but gosh, man, we, I'm not saying that this is easy for us to not talk about our anxiety or insecurities and those kind of things, but gosh, I am saying this. Because here's the thing, I think some, this is just an illustration, but can, can I say that these voices are real? And they are loud. They are boisterous Matt Pormans at a table. Some of you, they're loud right now in your voice. Like they are loud in your head this morning. They are real. So I'm not saying today that these are easy, but gosh, we have to be aware of the side conversations we are in rather than one we really want to be in. I was thinking about my own life and and though I am fairly a uh, overly confident person, I'm, I'm generally confident in my life. Um, you know, you know the side conversation that I, there's three of them I think I have down here that I can find myself getting in into. I can engage quite frequently my insecurities. And now some of you are like, "Oh, you don't have them." By the way, your pastor has insecurities. I have insecurities. And I can internally engage all of those things and, and, and have those conversations. I can, I can uh, internally have a conversation about the threat of not making it. You may not know it, but man, you know that church plants, most church plants fail. So you know how many times I sit and I think about not being as good enough as other pastors? That's, I'm just being real. And so I think about not being able to make it or, or I think about other things like, um, like uh, again, about people and things that I've lost in my life. Again, I was saying earlier that I've, uh, this week I was mourning some things that I've, some relationships that I've lost. And, and here's my, thing, my thought is I think likely some of you can relate to this and you can relate to this this morning. It's easy to do to just focus on this seat instead of focusing on the king. But David reminds us in Psalm 23 that, that God prepares a table before us in the presence of these enemies. He's saying, God is saying through him that sure, these enemies may be there, but they are not in charge unless we let them be in charge. 
We don't have to let them be in charge. We can listen to the king. You see, God is the shepherd who keeps us focused, or at least he can, he, if we relentlessly concentrate on the head of the table, overlook these enemies, live a truly Psalm 23 life. How many of y'all want that? Come on. Come on, somebody. I actually heard another pastor teach on this verse once, and he said, if we can do that, if we can concentrate on the head of the table, he said, we will learn to read our enemies as a sign it's time to eat. Let me say that again. We will learn to read our enemies as a sign it's time to eat, meaning we ain't gotta worry about those enemies. We ain't gotta worry about our anxiety or our deficits or our insecurities. All we gotta do is we gotta feast, baby. I just spit really bad, by the way. (laughs) We have to feast. I mean, how many of you would rather feast on the provisions of God's love than, than struggle, right? Come on. Rather than struggle with insecurity, addiction, confusion, depression, anxiety, and fear. But here's what I know about you and me, because we're human. We would rather feast, rather than feasting on the provisions of God than the struggle, we often choose wrong, don't we? We often choose wrong. Which brings up a question I think that we should ask ourselves today, and I think actually is a question we should often ask ourselves is this question. It'll come up on the screen. What enemy do I talk to way too often? And I want you to really ponder that for your life. Because as I did this week, folks, I, I, I talk way too often to insecurity. And I talk way too, you can bring those other ones up. I, I, I talk to, uh, way too much to insecurity. What I've lost, gosh, that one has been really prevalent this last year. The threat of not making it. What's yours? And, and here's my hope is that maybe by, and, and by the way, there might be something that's not listed there that maybe is yours. Um, Maybe by identifying it today, we might walk out of here today. This is my hope. We might walk out of here today with more of an ability to do this. It'll come up on the screen. To feast rather than struggle. Where feasting is greater than the struggle with that enemy. Whatever you identify today, with whatever you're saying, yeah, that's the, that's the chair that I focus on. Whatever that is for you, my hope is that today we will walk out and we will feast. By the way, God wants you to feast. He doesn't want you to struggle. Because they are power, the, the fight that we're in is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the powers of evil in this dark world. By the way, if you don't know that there's an evil around us, there's evil around us, folks. And so I thought about it this week as I was putting this together. I was like, man, what if, what if this body of Christ would walk out of here and they would be able to feast more than struggle this week? I was like, ooh, that'd be worth this, this time together. What if, what if like as you go through uh, the fall and the end of 2023, you would actually be able to feast and, and like enjoy the holidays this year? That'd be good. I actually think that there's something significant in that. By the way, don't miss this today. I think, I, I, let's be real, folks. If you walk out of here and go, nah, I'm good, you're probably lying to yourself. There was something for me, there's probably something for you. And a way to do this, Philippians 4, 8 says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Focus on the right stuff. We gotta focus on the right stuff. We gotta focus on the chair that actually means something rather than the chairs that don't. We gotta focus on God. So that's our first thing this morning. A Psalm 23 life plays out when we relentlessly concentrate on the head of the table. Point number two, and this kind of goes hand in hand with point one today. You can write this down too. Psalm 23, life plays out when our cup is ruthlessly turned up. 
our cup is ruthlessly turned up. I have a cup with me today. All right, and so this actually comes from the second half of our verse today in verse five. Okay, Psalm 23 says, again, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And then here it is, it says, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. And I noticed a couple of key words in the midst of this, right? Uh, 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 basically, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. You can bring that next one up. Yeah, you, my, and my. And simply this point is this, is that our cup should be, re, re, I guess I said, ruthlessly, ruthlessly turned up turned up to the way it was designed is to go up. By the way, if you tip a cup this way, what happens? It spills out. It's not designed to be sideways. It's not designed to go to you to fill my cup. It is not designed to go to our work, fill my cup. It is not designed to do that. It's designed to sit straight up and go up to the king. Because he, I put in my notes this way, he's, if we folks, if we seek approval, blessing and anointing from anything else other than God, it's going to fall flat. But here, and we're going to get to this, is if we let the Lord of the universe actually fill this cup the way it was designed, it might, the scripture says that it actually may overflow. It won't be empty. It'll overflow. And, and so here too is a level of focus today as we're talking about that, because we as humans often and habitually look to other things rather than God to actually fulfill us, don't we? I was thinking of a couple things. Like, for example, uh, we look for stuff that we have or maybe buy or possess to fulfill us, which, by the way, uh, Matthew chapter 6 says, hey, that's not a good idea, okay? And if you're anything like, like me, I, I can really focus on that stuff, right? Matthew uh, six nineteen says, do not store up for yourselves treasures in on, on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your heart will also be. And so we, it, when we look for fulfillment in the stuff that we have, or maybe we can buy or we can possess, uh, it, this stuff's going to actually just all crumble at some point. It's not going to really fulfill us long term. Or I think about like when we look for fulfillment in our status, like our ability to climb the ladder at work or on, the, on our sports teams, right? Or in the compliments from other people or in social media likes or comments or, or, or when we're in relationships and we look for our relationships to fulfill us, but then when they crumble, we're not okay and we're lost because our focus was so much on that stuff filling our cup rather than the one who can actually truly fill the cup. Because again, it's sideways and it will never get full. See, all that stuff that I just talked through, all that, all the, the truth of the matter is, and I'm not saying like, uh, don't try to find some level of fulfillment in your marriage. Do that. That's a good thing to do, and it's good. But, but if, if, we're, if we're literally tipping our cup all the time and never turning our cup up to God, folks, we're going to be empty because all that stuff is temporary. It, by the way, if you don't know, your marriage isn't going to go into eternity, right? Like, like the, real, the reality is, is like it, it, it all is temporary. Like this church, by the way, ain't gonna last forever. It's all temporary. And so it may make you feel good, but it's all fleeting. I was thinking like, sort of like eating, right? We eat a meal and about four hours later, we're hungry again, right? Actually, I'm kind of hungry right now. Anybody else with me? We're a little hungry right now? Yeah, come on now. And, and so it makes us feel good for a, a, a few hours, right? We feel good, but what happens? It's fleeting. We gotta eat again. 
I think that's actually uh, uh, the indication, a really good indication of when we actually tip our cup to other people, folks, it might make us feel good for a little while, but it is fleeting. But the beauty of our God is that the cup overflows when it's actually upright. I don't feel like I'm uh, heavy on you this morning. I wasn't trying to be. So not only do we need to not focus on our enemies, but we need to not focus on approval from others. We actually need to be looking, at, looking above for the right approval from the king of kings, the one who's in charge of the banquet, actually has the power, it says in the scripture, it says to anoint and approve and to bless in the first place. But also he has the ability to make it last. As I was actually pondering that, kind of this idea of making it last this week, I was reminded of the story in John chapter four, uh, where Jesus has an interaction with a Samaritan woman at a well. And he says this to her in verse 13 and 14. He says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Folks, we have to have the cup turned up the way it's designed for our approval and fulfillment from above, from God. Because it says, whoever drinks his water will never thirst. By the way, I love definitive words in scripture. Never means never. It means you will never be empty. If you seek after wholeheartedly with everything you got with the King of Kings and Lord, you will never be empty. It is a promise from God. How many of y'all thankful for that promise today? Come on. Uh, I was actually thinking about it this way. Though this is not a perfect example, but I was thinking about it like um, uh, the sports drink war that's going on right now. Do you guys know there's a sports drink war going on? right now. Um, and, and if you don't know this, it's like some people are like, just drink water. I hate water. Uh, just drink water, right? It's good for you. By the way, it is good for you, things like that. But then uh, there's those that say, you know, Gatorade, man, that's where it's at. And then now there's like body armor and prime. We actually have a, one of our kids right here actually has prime shirt on right here, you know? And so there's, Right, yeah, right. So there's all this, these things going on. And each one of these, besides water, claims that they, would, they do a better job of quenching thirst and replenishing the body. And the truth is, from what I'm told, that, that, that these drinks, uh, I mean, some stuff's kind of still out there with some of the new ones, but, but these, do, these drinks do actually do more than water itself. Like, for example, they've got electrolytes and stuff like that, and then crucial times of dehydration, stuff like that. Um, but here's the truth of these. What, what's this what I was thinking about? You can drink those, and it might replenish you. It may actually have electrolytes. It might save your life if you're de- extremely dehydrated, but it too is going to fleet, right? It's going to be fleeting, right? It's going to go away. By the way, they wouldn't make a product if they, you could drink it once and then you would be good. Right? Because they want to make money, right? And so let me make this conversation, uh, connection here with this, right? There are some things that maybe it's not so bad that we seek approval from, that they're better than others. And maybe, again, achievement. Maybe there's a job well done. Uh, maybe in your marriage. Uh, but the truth is, is if God and God alone is not the focus, or is, is, is not the focus of your uh, your approval. If you're seeking from other things and deeply from other things and nowhere else other than God, you're going to, can I say it this way? You're going to get caught in the clench of thirst more often than you'd like and probably more willing than you're willing to admit. And I'm willing to admit. Without that focus, we, folks, if we are not focused on God, God, we will be thirsty. Hands down. Without that anointing, our cup will be empty. It says, you, God, anoint my head with oil. And my cup gets filled up and overflows. 
And again, just like point one, I'm not saying that this is easy. Because I don't have this all together, by the way. I screw up on this all the time. Like, I look for milk from this woman all the time. And that girl right there. And that boy back there, because he brings me coffee. So I screw up with this all the time. But the point is, our, our cups have to be up. Because even though this is great, and this makes me feel good about my son, how many of you know that's going to fall flat three weeks from now? Right? Because he's human. I'm human. By the way, if you don't know this, God is the only one that's got the good stuff you need. And so I was thinking about it like this. Illustration. Elijah, this was a good idea to bring me coffee today. It's working in really well. All right. So like, so for example, like this whole thing with, oh, I just spilled a little bit. This thing with Elijah, right? Like, can I tell you folks, like this, this, this filled me up a little bit. Right? That's, that's really good. But how many of you know that, like, one, I'm not completely full? And, and two, like, the reality is, is that if I left this cup sit here for long enough, all that water would evaporate. Wouldn't it? But can I tell you, here's the cool part about God. This is the God cup. It's like this. Some of y'all scared this morning, aren't you? Okay. Somebody said, "Do we do we need to have uh, do we need to have some uh, splash splash cards?" No, you don't have to have splash cards. Um, this this is what I was thinking this week. Can I tell you something? This is what it's like with God, right? Oh, if I can do this. Hang on. Woo! Maybe we didn't need to have splash cards. Okay. I'm just going to let this sit here for a minute. Oh, this is, let me do this. There we go. Okay. There we go. That's a little better. This is what a relationship with God, looking for our approval with God is like, folks. It never ends. And it overflows. And it overflows. You know, the Bible says that he never leaves us or forsakes us. You know what that means? It means he's never gone. That means when we hook up this stuff, it's going to keep going and keep going. Now, I got to stop at some point, right? But this will just keep going and keep going and keep going. All right, Pastor Ryan's going to actually take this out because otherwise it's going to get distracting. Thank you, buddy. Even though I did splash, so I'm going to have to have a splash card for the second service, all right? Like, even though, like, folks, I think that's a really good illustration of our God. And, like, the reality is, is, like, this is pretty good. How many of you know that was way better? That was way better. Well, we pray that you enjoyed the message today. We pray that it was challenging and that the Spirit has stirred something new in you today. Have a blessed week.